now in Deuteronomy chapter 3, and I just remind you that we're in the middle of the speech of Moses, the grand speech. So we're picking up in the middle of his words. Then we turned and we went up to the way of Bashan. Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Edri. Yahweh said to me, Don't fear him, for I have delivered him with all his people and his land into your hands. You shall do to him as you did to Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon. So Yahweh our God also delivered into our hand Og, the king of Bashan, and all his people. We struck him until no one was left remaining. We took all his cities at that time. There was not a city which we didn't take from them, sixty cities, all the region of Argob, the king of Og in Bashan. All these were cities fortified with high walls, gates and bars, in addition to the many villages without walls. We utterly destroyed them, as we did to Sihon, king of Heshbon, utterly destroying every inhabited city, with the women and the little ones. But all the livestock and the plunder of the cities we took for plunder ourselves. We took the land at that time out of the hand of the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan, from the valley of the Arnon to Mount Hermon. The Sidonians call it Hermon Sirion, and the Amorites call it Sinir. We took all the cities of the plain, and all Gilead, and all Bashan, to Salakar and Edri, cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the Rephaim. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Isn't it in Rabbah of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was its length, and four cubits its width, after the cubit of a man. This land we took in possession at that time from Aroa, which is by the valley of the Arnon, and half the hill country of Gilead with its cities. I gave to the Reubenites and to the Gadites and the rest of Gilead and all Bashan, the kingdom of Og. I gave to the half-tribe of Manasseh all the region of Argob, even all Bashan. The same is called the land of the Rephaim. Jair the son of Manasseh took all the region of Argob to the border of the Gersherites and the Makathites, and he called them even Bashan, after his own name, Havoth Jair, to this day. I gave Gilead to Machiah. To the Reubenites and to the Gadites I gave from Gilead, even to the valley of the Arnon, the middle of the valley, and its border even to the river Jabbok, which is the border of the children of Ammon. The Arabah also, and the Jordan, and its border, from Chinnereth, even to the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea under the slopes of Pisgah, east. I commanded you at that time, saying, Yahweh your God has given you this land to possess it. All of you men of valor shall pass over arms before your brothers, the children of Israel. But your wives and your little ones and your livestock, I know that you have much livestock, shall live in your cities until I have given you, until Yahweh gives rest to your brothers, as to you, and they also possess the land which Yahweh your God gives them beyond the Jordan then you shall each return to his own possession which I have given you. I commanded Joshua at that time, saying, Your eyes have seen all that Yahweh your God has done to these two kings. So shall Yahweh do to all the kingdoms who you go over. You shall not fear them, for Yahweh your God himself fights for you. I begged Yahweh at the time, saying, Lord Yahweh, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do works like yours and mighty acts like yours? Please let me go over the land. Please let me go over and see the good land that is beyond the Jordan, that fine mountain and Lebanon. But Yahweh was angry with me because of you and didn't listen to me. 
Yahweh said to me, that is enough. Speak no more to me of this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift up your eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward and see with your eyes for you shall not go over the Jordan. But commission Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him for he shall go over before his people and he shall cause them to inherit the land which you shall see. So we stayed in the valley near Beth Peor. So Moses is still recounting his speech of all the things that happened. And in the last chapter, he recounted how they defeated, you know, they've come around the Edomites, they've come up through Moab and they're now on the plains. And along their journey, they've passed through two countries, the Amorite land and the land of Bashan. And they defeated these two kings. The last chapter talked about the defeat of Sihon, the king of the Amorites. And this chapter talks about the defeat of Og, the king of Bashan. And um, it says in here that there were city, 60 cities with iron bars and gates. Now you think about that. We're talking 1,400 years before Jesus. We're talking iron. And um, now some people, they, um, they've you know, always said that the Bible could not possibly have been right because it says things like this. And they say things like, oh, we know that only the Hittites learned how to work with iron. And they know that, you know, the Israelites, you know, all, and they say these types of things and they talk about the Iron Age being a different time. Well, uh, um, it just so happens that biblical, biblical archaeology has come to the rescue once again. And in the last 50 years, there's been some archaeological digs done in the area of Bashan. So this is, they've gone through the region of Bashan here. They conquered Og, the king of Bashan, and they've discovered, lo and behold, that some of the cities back then had iron, gars, iron bars and gates. Well, who knew? <laughs> the Bible was right all along. <laughs> what a surprise. And so this type of thing just happens over and over and over again. There's an article in Bibli biblicalarchaeology.org called, uh, it's under the category Conquest of Canaan, and it's called New Light on the Forgotten Conquest. Uh, go and have a look. All interesting. It's talking about the region of Bashan. It also says there, very interestingly, that Og, the king of Bashan, was nine, that he had a bed that was nine cubits long. In other words, he was a giant, like Goliath later in the Bible and like others that are mentioned. He was a big man. And so that's an interesting little thing that Moses mentions in his speech. Now, I'd like to mention here that they've just come around. They've defeated um, Sihon, the king of the Amorites. They've defeated Og, the king of Bashan, and they're now ready to go into the promised land. And the plunder that they got from those two battles alone was monstrous. They basically took the plunder from 60 cities in Bashan alone, plus villages. Can you imagine today taking the wealth, not to mention the wealth, but also the possessions, the weapons from 60 so maybe not cities the size of what we're used to today, but let's say 60 significant towns. Can you imagine that? Towns of 10,000 people, towns of 5,000 people. Imagine getting all that wealth. Suddenly you're well armed. Now you remember at the start of the Exodus when they left Egypt, the Egyptians were so keen for them to go that they gave them gold and wealth and silver and plunder. So as they were leaving Egypt, they were blessed with treasures and um, whatever they asked for. And now they're about to go into the promised land and these two kings attack and they completely defeat these kings and now they become armed. 
they get loaded up with weapons. Now they had weapons before, but now they're fully loaded, they're fully armed, they're fully resourced, they have food, a lot of food. They have a lot of wealth, they have a lot of resources of every type, and they're now about to go into the promised land and they've been given everything they need. And it reminds me so much of this scripture that comes from 2 Peter 1 verse 3. In the New Testament it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. In this story in Deuteronomy 3, we see the divine power of God at work delivering into their hands everything they need for the conquest. They already had great resources, but the Lord makes sure they don't lack a single thing. They've got everything. And in our spiritual lives as well, we actually have every single thing we need. Now, sometimes we try to fight the Lord's battles in our own strength. We try to take them on in ways which we don't need to take them on. And therefore, we might find that we're under-resourced because we don't have what we think we need. <laughs> but whenever the Lord calls us to do something for our spiritual life or for godliness or for serving Him, He says He's given us everything we need. And um, if we don't have it in our hands at the time, He's given us the means of getting it, which is faith. And the Bible says that, you know, that those who have faith, it's impossible to please God without faith, but to him who has faith, you know, that we do please him, that he gives us the things we need. Mark eleven twenty four, saying that if we ask and we believe, we'll, be, we'll receive. John, um, was it, uh, John chapter 15 says that if we abide in him, we can ask anything in his name and it'll be done for us. And, um, and this is to his glory that we'll bear much fruit. So the Bible has all these places where it talks about how we've been provided for. And if there's anything we need, we can come to him by faith through grace to receive what we need. So we see this picture here of the Israelites going into the promised land and being given everything in abundance, everything they need for that conquest. And in the same way, we've been called to, to conquest as well. We've been called to conquer sin, overcome evil and inherit God's promises, and the Lord's given us all the tools and the resources we need. So if you're sitting there feeling discouraged or depressed, and it's easy to fall into those traps, and don't blame yourself, because everyone does it at times. We get overwhelmed by our circumstances, and we think there's nothing we can do, that it's always gonna be like this. Well, we've got the Lord, and the Lord's promise, and the Lord said he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. You might not be able to change your life, but the Lord's given you what you need for the life that he's given to you. So Lord, help us. Help us to have our eyes opened. Help us not to look at the giants. Help us not to be depressed and discouraged and to, to lose faith and turn our back on what you're calling us to. Instead, help us, Lord, to take on the giants by faith and by grace in the name of Jesus. Amen.